The scripture reading this morning is taken from 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 to 14. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person. But if someone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know that we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new commandment, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning of time. This old commandment is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new commandment. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother and sister is still in darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But if anyone who hates his brother and sister is in darkness and walks around in the darkness, they do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Okay, I um, I just feel overwhelmed by the words um, and the presence the presence of the Lord as we worship this morning by the words that are there. Um, that song, um, you unravel me with a melody, you surround me with a song. There, it's such a beautiful picture. Writing music is this process of uh, unfolding and uh, refining. But the words just speak really clearly. And as we were standing there, I'm never, ever not blown away by, he split the seas and I can walk right through it. I just know that he is going before us. I know that he is dealing with all that we have to deal with. Mm. And so welcome, <laughs> welcome this morning as we have the chance to just look at where we're going, look at what he's doing in us and say, yes, Lord. So Holy Spirit, come. That's my cry. Holy Spirit, come. Blow afresh on us. Blow afresh in us. Blow afresh through us. We love you. 
We love you. We love you. Last night, um, it's, it's an interesting process putting together a talk. And we all have different ways of doing it. You speak to anybody who does it regularly, and my heart goes out to them because <laughs> it's quite consuming. And by about six o'clock last night, I had my meltdown that I usually have just before. <laughs> I've, I've got to put something together. And Brad is so gracious. He always says, okay, just walk me through it and uh, we'll walk it through. And I'm going, I'm dead in the water. I cannot walk this through. My brain is like an octopus rolled up in pieces. It's like mush, nothing. And so I said, okay, just put it down. And away we went. And he smiled and prayed and silently because he knew if he laid hands on me, I probably would have gone, don't do that. I'm having a meltdown. Anyway, I stopped and thought, Lord, I just, I need your presence here. And so I just took a minute to step out. And as I stepped out, I, I looked at the news. Now, we live in a real world. And if you ever want to get that grounded, just kind of look at the news and you find out how real the world is. But the, the thing that I was looking at and listening to was the fact that John Turner had passed away. Now, I want you to know that what I'm about to say has absolutely nothing political in it. It's about the man, John Turner. And we've always kind of had him in our radar because my dad looked a lot like him and he'd often be on a plane and somebody would say to him, are you John Turner? And he'd say, no, <laughs> and whatnot. So we kind of always have had him, but he was, our, he was our oldest serving prime minister, or living prime minister at 91. And in true Canadian fashion, when he ceased being a member of parliament, he just kind of slipped into life. But what they said about him in this interview that was from eight, nine years ago, really, really touched my heart. They said he was a genuine believer in Christ. He lived what he spoke. When he was being interviewed, here's what he said on this interview. Live, live life right up there. Be frank open, honest, understanding, and forgiving, and enjoy yourself. As leadership of our country, as leadership of wherever goes, that's where we go. This integrity that he had was what his legacy is, integrity. He was known as a gentleman. That there was confrontation, absolutely confrontation in Parliament, but he was known to be go across the floor and shake hands with the opposition. There were things that were hard issues that they had to work through, but they were friends afterwards. They could walk through the difficult times in success with integrity. His words and his life were one. And as I thought about that, I just, I thought, that's what this passage is talking about. May our words and life be one. The Bible was written in a real world, just like we live in the real world. The stories are of truth and transforma transformation. Real people's experiences. The world is similar today. There's political, emotional, physical, life, death, joy, disappointment, dreams, expectation. It's all there. It's the same. 
And then we have John, the apostle. And he's lived and he's walked and he's heard and he's seen and he's writing it down so that we, 2,000 years later, would know what he says is true, what he did is true, he was real, his love is real, his forgiveness is real, it's for you today. Jesus' number one plan was about discipleship. Now, I've struggled with the word discipleship. Um, I sometimes get overwhelmed with the fact that it has this context about it that it's a project. It's something to do. It's something to add in. It's something more to do. But discipleship is not. Jesus' life, when he called John as a young man, John was one of the sons of thunder. He was a young, impetuous, whatever. But he grew as he walked with Jesus into this solid, faithful man who spoke love, love, love. That's discipleship, walking with Jesus. It's, about, it's all about relationship. And I can't imagine how difficult it was for John, after, I, think, I believe it's after he wrote this, to be exiled to the island of Patmos. John was a relational person. Everything he talks about here is our relationship with one another. And there he is exiled, alone. For those of you who relationship, connecting, being with people, <laughs> you can relate to this, I'm sure. How has this season been for you when you have not been able to be close at hand with somebody? Relationship. Discipleship is about relationship. Jesus walked with them, talked with them. And you know, I've always talked about what it was like when they sat around the campfire. What did they talk about? They talked about what they did today, how they were going to walk it out. And it's no different for this scripture. John is simply passing on what he learned from his experience of walking with Jesus. And it's, I, I think about it in terms of he's giving us a tool to use in our life. Years ago, my parents um, moved from their house to a senior's home, and we inherited many of my dad's tools, lots of them. We, um, he knew how to use them, but we did not know how to use them. <laughs> We had no idea of even the purpose of some of them, but they were all carefully marked, and he had spent years learning how to use them, and now they were ours. So we've stepped into renovations, changes, buildings. We've learned how to use them. Asking others, trial and error, YouTube, anything. You can learn anything on YouTube. But we really learned this summer the value of some of these tools and how it all comes together when we were preparing for our daughter's wedding. We were building things and we were making this place beautiful to celebrate her wedding. The bride was coming. And I think it, was, it just struck me that it's a picture of how John experienced, John spoke, John walked, John talked for us to have those same tools to use so that as we prepare the bride coming at the second coming, we will be ready. 
And one of these things he talks about is how do we love? How do we treat one another? Last week, we talked about joy being full, that we're safe from the devil. We live a, living a sinless life, that we're forgiven for our sin, that we would be sure of what we believe in. How do you know what you know is true? I remember meeting a young girl. Um, she, had, she came into the church and she was asking all the questions and she just kept saying to us, well, how do you know that you know it's true? And we said, we just know. We just know. It's just there in our gut. It's there in what we see. It's there in all around us. It's the word. We just know that we know that it's true. And John's emphasis here is saying, you know this is true. So if we look at today's passage, it's really very, very straightforward. We know we come to know him if we keep his commands. We accept his laws. Whoever says, I know him, but doesn't do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys the word, love for God is truly made complete in him. If we don't keep his word, we're actually offensive, a liar. The truth is not in us. That's pretty clear. We keep the word in us and that pure agape love of God is shown us. Agape love is that love that says I ha- something has to be done. Agape love is the love that God had for us. He loved us so much, he had to do something about it. From the beginning of time when sin broke, he started doing something for us. That is the love he wants poured into us. And that's what is shown when we step into his presence. When we say, I'm going to follow you, not out of I have to, but I love you and I want to. Whole different motivation. We walk then as he walked. And it's evidenced in our lives. Um, This is not a new commandment. This has been there since the beginning of, uh, like it's what Jesus said. And as we enter into that, as we walk in that light, the darkness dispels. And what do we know comes up? The love of the Father, the love of God, the transformation of us, that we would walk as he walked desire to be where he wants us to be, do what he wants us to do. To hate our brother or sister is really actually very simple. We can do that. We all have the capability of doing that. Mm -hmm. To hate is to ignore, to detest, to persecute. Um, We do that. We walk in darkness. But when we stay in Jesus, We will not stumble around in the darkness. And that is a promise. It's a choice. How do we not hate our brother? How do we not rise up when something offends us? How do we walk in that? It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. He is present in us as believers. Jesus is present in us. We draw on that. We choose to say, I am not going that way. I'm going this way. It's black and white. There isn't actually gray with God. It's black and white. You know, we sometimes go, you're in, you're out. Either it's sin or it's not. There isn't sort of sin. 
It's either sin or not. And he's saying, you love me? Keep my commands. I'm going to give you all that you need to walk where I want you to walk, how I want you to walk, when I want you to walk. This is actually, I think, the, um, the essence of our life shows it when we walk in the light and love with our brother. John can be definite about this because he's seen it over his lifetime. He's experienced it over his lifetime. It's absolutely powerful. It's transforming. And why? Why is the reason? Not actually about us. <laughs> it's actually about him. It's so that he will be shown through us. The glory of God will be shown to the world. What will that then do? It will draw others into the kingdom. How we walk, who we are in our real life, shows a lot of people, shows others <laughs> what Christ is like. And because I love him, I want to be the best example of him. But that's not a striving, striving, striving. That's not a doing, doing, doing. That's a being in his presence and letting his love flow through me. Jesus said to the disciples, I'm going to work in you so that I can work through you. That's the call. Go and make disciples. I'll work in you and then work through you out there in the world. Out there in the world. Not in the holy huddle of the church. Yes, we have to live um, lives of integrity in the church. But the purpose of it is to be out in the world, to share the love of Christ with others, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. It's a process to walk this out, though. And um, John absolutely acknowledges um, that there are stages of our life. It doesn't happen overnight to go from being a child to an adult. There are some rocky roads that we pass. I can remember some of them when our kids were growing up, and I know some of them from my own life, <laughs> some that I really don't want my kids to know about even. But to know that God walks with us as we come to, as we come to know him. Um, there, he's phoning us to say, listen. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, oftentimes, um, oh, <laughs> sorry, that it's kind of threw me there. Um, often, I, I can see this in my own life still. You know, I am, I am working, I am being in his presence, but still, Something will happen, and I'll be seething about it, and I'll think it's, you know, oh, that. <laughs> and I realize that it's my needs that are not being met. It's somebody else's fault, not my fault. I have to turn back and look at the time and walk and say, Lord, forgive me. Let me go on ahead. Um, his forgiveness is there at every stage. So John talks about these three stages of our Christian growth. 
And they are around us all at Jericho Road. They are around us all in all of the uh, churches that there are. We all have them. We have children in the faith. And Jesus talk, or John talks to them. He says, I'm writing this to you so that you understand the forgiveness of Father. You're gr- growing to know him. And that's that child, like when you come into that newness of Christ, with Christ, you're getting to know him, but you're absolutely aware of your sins being forgiven. The forgiveness of the Father, that is so powerful. I can remember when I realized what a sinner I was and how he had forgiven me for that stuff that I had done and how impacting and humbling that was. I've never forgotten that. There's children in the faith. They're a little bit more grown up. Perhaps they've spent time um, expanding their knowledge of the word, um, understanding of scripture. And the thing is, they know the power, John says, of victory over evil. Then there's our fathers and mothers. Um, Length and depth of experience in life. The heritage that we have that goes before us. There's a soundness and a sureness in the heritage. And we're all walking it out. And how do we grow from being the child to being the father or mother? We go on the journey together in discipleship. We say here at Jericho Road, everyone's welcome on the road. And the reality is the road is going somewhere and things are happening to us as we go along. We walk with one another. We disciple one another. We grow. We learn from one another. Um, We heal. We experience restoration. This is about a reconciliation of those that used to hate and now they want to love. We enjoy, we have fellowship together. It's this beautiful package of walking life together. That's what discipleship is. There is such a richness here at Jericho Road. It's, it's been forged over the years as the church has gone up and down and in and out. And it used to meet here, didn't you? And then somewhere else and back. There's been this journey together and there's been the growth that's happened because of the journey. It's happened because of of confronting the things that were struggles and embracing the things that were joyful. It's that full journey. Transformation happens inside us when we abide in him, when we walk in community, we have sound teaching around us, and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit pours into our lives. And we say, yes, that's when transformation, we're transformed into his likeness. All those are evident here at Jericho Road. We have no reason to say, I can't, I can't, I can't, because he's here in every facet of his being. He's here. Um, I wanted to just tie this in a bit to our day of prayer from last week when we did our 12 on 12, seeking his presence. I want to share with you some of the assurances and the direction, some visuals that would we'll unpack them over the next while. And I'm going to give you quite a few things, and I don't want to overwhelm you with them, but I want you to know how deeply he spoke, 
how powerful his presence was, how assured he's given us that we are with him and he is with us and we go together. We started out with um, a Psalm 8 that we're to come like little children. And how appropriate is this? Come like little children in praise silences the enemy. That's how we started out in praise. This is a place of praise. God wants us to praise him for everything we do. But this innocence in us that comes forward. That we're to let go of doubt, self-planning, and have a backup plan just in case. <laughs> That's a hard one. This calls us to new levels of trust. But he's saying, trust me, trust me. In quietness and confidence is your strength. Rest in him. Being in his presence, resting in him, gives us a quietness and a confidence that allows us to step out in assuredness. There was very much a sense of we can be honest about our feelings and about what is happening in our life. Being real with one another is very much a part of discipleship. It's about the journey. It's about being able to say, I kind of hurt today. No, I don't understand where we're going. No, this is a hard time for me. Will you walk with me? The openness and honesty, we have that. He's calling us to go deeper in that. We spent some time talking about just this absolute gratitude of the heritage that we have here and the people who walk before us and what we take from them and carry forward. Not all of it, not everything. There's some things were for that season, that time, but there are things that are to go forward and we want to carry that with us as we go forward. As we seek his face, He's actually seeking us. He'll speak. He'll download. He'll give us the upgrade. He is there. We were given a, just a really fabulous picture of a fierce warrior on a lion's back with a sword in the hand going forward. Absolutely full out for God. No fear totally going forward. Do you want to be that? Do you want to be like that? When the seas split, you go forward with this sword of victory. We are called to be victorious people. And it's centered around the word, the word of God, the presence of his spirit, stirring up the gifts in us. Every single one of us has a different gift, a different gifting and a calling to walk in that. As we step into his presence, as we walk in the truth, those gifts rise up. Jesus is exhibited through us into the world. Others are drawn to him. He talks to us deeply and we seek him deeply. We read scripture until we're a part of it. That was, it's so wonderful to do that. Read it over and over and over again so it's embedded in our spirit. There's a treasure chest of resources before us. He will not let us down. And even in the practical, I can assure you from the last council meeting, he has not let us down financially. We are walking in the confidence that he is there. He speaks and the mountains moved. And we actually sang about that one this morning. 
When he speaks, mountains can be moved. This is a particularly beautiful picture, one of them. Under the dirt of the road, of the journey we walk on, as the dirt is pushed away and dealt with, it's pure gold. We're walking on the, in the pure gold. And trials bring out the gold. As we push the dirt away and deal with that stuff, the gold arises. One of the most powerful pictures from, the other, the other, from last Saturday was the cello and the sound of the cello. And it fit with an orchestra that somebody else had. The, to, the cello is that deep resonating sound that needs to be part of the orchestra. And as part of the orchestra, everybody has a music, is part of the orchestra. And as we work together, as we walk together, the sound, the beautiful sounds of heaven. It's like we can hear that the armor of God is clinked on the truth of his word. But the Holy Spirit is so present, so abiding, wanting to release us to walk this way. You know, we don't always know what we're doing. <laughs> we walk um, not in blindness, but in trust of taking the next step with him. Um, Bill Johnson says, we don't always know what we're doing. <laughs> and I thought, no, we don't always know what we're doing. But there's this, with the orchestra, the armor of God, the Holy Spirit present, we have this sense of a team of trusted warriors walking together. And my heart is so full that we would see this and continue to walk in this way, that we would look ahead and take these tools that he's given us of the word and of discipleship and walking together and allow him to transform us. It's our desire to see him that the darkness would replace with the light of Christ. And that's what John is telling us today. You can do this. And um, I feel we can do this. Um, a couple of weeks ago, when I was first looking at this, I had this picture as I was finished reading the scripture. And the picture was uh, people running in a pack. And they were like arms flailing, heads down. They were not looking where they were going. It was, it was utter chaos. What they couldn't see for various reasons was that there was a solid wall in, up ahead. And they were on course to hit it full on. In a moment, they looked up and they saw it. And there was this panic and this fear and these questions rising up, and you could just see that. But just as they got to the wall, this is what was so neat. The wall turned into these arms, and they were just arms of love that just wrapped around them and embraced them. And the fear, the panic, the questions just disappeared in the arms of love. There was trust that you could see it building up, but those arms of love wrapped around them. And that's what he does for us. He says to us, you're my children. Don't hit the wall. Come into my arms of love. And he's given us the way to do that as a body going forward. Whatever he has for us, we'll be able to handle it because we're rooted in him. Good, 
challenging, we're not, it's okay. It's all the same for him because we're wrapped in his arms of love. So I would just encourage you that, um, yeah, look, look for where he wants you to walk this out. Who does he want you to walk this out with? We have talked about doing things in huddles of twos and threes, twos and three couples together. We, it's, it's like the early church. That's how they did it. They met together, but they met in their homes. And, and as we have seen COVID rip off what's the normal for us, we have to be flexible and look at these different ways and say, okay, I'm going to do that because that's where I'll be, not because I have to do it, but because that's where I'll be transformed and I'll walk in his fullness, in his presence, in community, with the power of the Holy Spirit moving in us, his word, all those things. We have that. So my encouragement to you from this is, where does he want you to walk? Who does he want you to walk with? Are you willing to take the risk of moving outside the comfort zone that's been and go there? Not because what you were doing wasn't good, but because he's got more for us as a body. And so um, that's what I just need to leave you with today. <laughs> and um, bless you. And thank you for listening. <laughs>